Welcome to another episode of Complete Developer Podcast, the podcast by coders for coders about all aspects of creating your best life as a developer. I'm Will, the accomplished developer and aspiring software architect. And I'm Beach, the journeyman developer sharing my journey in development. Complete Developer Podcast is supported by listeners like you. We are now on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash complete developer podcast. Yeah, I wrote that down. There are a myriad of benefits to keeping up with your thoughts, ideas, and emotions. Journaling or keeping a record of your tasks, accomplishments, thoughts, and ideas improves your career and work life. It will help make tedious tasks like writing reports or documentation easier, as well as make you a better employee. We're going to talk about the personal growth and productivity benefits to your career through journaling. But before we get started, Will, what have you been fighting this week? I have decided uh, that the best way to get past the whole introvert hangover thing is to get some stuff done. So I am reworking the server room. Yeah, I can tell. Yeah. So like you're, you know, you can look up behind me and the patch panel on the switch are now moved over to the wall. Um, the server rack is going to be getting replaced with a NAS. I've got a um, Synology DS19 or DS918 plus coming in um, so I can run Docker containers on the NAS and do all that kind of stuff instead of having this big honking server rack here. What are you going to do with the server? Um, I'm thinking about selling it. I don't know. It's kind of loud. Why? Well, I, I don't want it per se. You know, you could probably get a different case. And and make some use out of it. I yeah. don't know. Someone might want to buy it. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So I'm I'm getting all that cleaned out. I'm moving the uh, wine storage rack out of here and moving it into my office. I'm getting rid of the filing cabinet out of my office. I'm moving the bookshelves around. You know, we discovered that the water cutoff for the house is in here, which is really not all that great in a room full of electronics. Um, <laughs> but it's behind the bookshelf. Like, a, you know, we've been recording in here for what two years. I didn't mm-hmm. know that was. Back there, because those bookshelves got moved in when we moved into the house. Actually, we've been recording in here almost three years. Yeah. And I had no idea that was back there. And so, when we had to cut water off to the house to... Um, I'm trying to remember what we had to do, um, where, where we had to add... You're getting a new refrigerator? Yeah, it was the refrigerator. Um, we didn't know where the... We couldn't find the cutoff. And and so, it's, you know, it's behind the bookshelves in here. So, I've got to adjust things where I can get to that if I need mm-hmm. to. Um, so yeah, and my wife and my daughter are out of town. Uh, they're with the in-laws. I mentioned that in a previous episode. We're recording two back to back. And so with them out, you know, now's the time to clean up and move things around because there's not a, you know, nine-year-old running around at her foot and yeah. there's less distractions. I can just go. So that's what I'm doing right now. How about you? Well, I've been working on an advanced search. It's got about 15 different potential search criteria. Uh, one of my coworkers suggested using InHibernate's Criterion, but uh, that gets really detailed, as in like specifying the types of joins for the tables. Uh, whereas I'd prefer to let the ORM do all that work for me. That's sort of the point of the ORM. Yeah. Uh, also, next week, I'm going to be taking a class on TOGAF Enterprise Architecture. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, because most of the managers and higher ups at work will be in the class too. Hmm. Togaf. Like, yeah, um, the open group architecture framework or something okay. like that. I'm I'm not exactly sure what it stands for, but since we're on the topic of architecture, I have something architecture related for IOTs. This is an article I found called The Four Stages of an IoT Architecture. The Internet of Things has become more than just internet-connected devices or, you know, making regular items smart. Larger companies are getting involved in the IoT world, such as energy companies are using IoT sensors in their plants and nurseries are using connected sensors to monitor soil and moisture as well as to control when to water plants and crops. What started out as something for a hobbyist has become a part of business for many companies. Uh, this article talks about the four stages of business architecture for incorporating IoT. 
It starts with the networked devices and then goes into data collection, aggregation, and conversion. Next is pre-processing of the data before it eventually gets analyzed, stored, and an action taken. This article talks specifically about Edge IT for the pre-processing, but there are multiple options available. Check it out to understand how businesses are looking at using the Internet of Things. And I'll have a link to it in the show notes. Who's talking to us this week? Well, we got a comment in Slack from uh, Sung Kim. Said, uh, fun episode. And then they gave the thumbs up emoji. Um, As Beach found out onions made him sick, I found out the same way that I am lactose intolerant. Yes, Food Consumption Journal did help me. He posted some of the charts that he created, and that was much better than the way that I found out about the onions, as mine was all handwritten in a notebook, and it took a while to determine um, what was causing me to get sick, and like that when I got sick each time, the food had onions in it, because it wasn't, oh, I ate an onion, and then I got sick. Yeah, people don't really do that. (laughs) (laughs) It was, I ate this casserole and got sick. I ate you know, this and got sick. And it was looking at the ingredients and then figuring out, all right, each one has onions in it. And then it was trial and error. I just tried not eating onions or not eating anything with onions in it. And I didn't get sick. So that's, that's really cool. We've had some really interesting conversations in, in Slack about journaling and, and things like that. So the, the conversation around the health benefits um, has been really fascinating. I've really been enjoying that yeah it really uh really struck a nerve i mm. think you know in the in the slide group i was uh not expecting that no I, I really wasn't either like that really got people talking i love it this is what we want is to have these kind of conversations soon thanks so much for being part of our community send us a message with your contact information because we've got a complete developer water bottle just for you guys if you'd like your very own complete developer water bottle Leave us a review on iTunes or comment on the website or any of our social media. We post all of our episodes to Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Google+. We're also on Path, Instagram, and Tumblr. You can check us out each week where we talk about what's going on in the tech world and answer listener questions via our live feed or join the conversation anytime via Slack by going to slack.completedevelopernetwork.com. Journaling can provide many benefits to your career, both in the realm of personal growth and in the realm of productivity. A work journal contains information about daily work activity. This includes tasks that you're working on, problems that you face, and solutions to those problems. It can also include ideas that you think of while working or to benefit your productivity. A few weeks ago, we discussed the health benefits of journaling. Now we're going to talk about nine career benefits. These may be similar to some of the health benefits, but are more focused on how journaling can improve your growth as a developer uh, and help you in your career. Then we'll talk about how journaling can increase your productivity while on the job or on your personal projects. So first off, personal growth. It increases focus. Keeping a journal on a regular basis requires discipline. Yeah, it really does. It's a good place to start building discipline that will leak into other areas um, is, is the best way to think about it because it's not, you know, it, it's very low consequences, but you can actually start doing this and you just sort of become more disciplined because you're acting more disciplined. Regular journaling shows the inconsistencies in your life. Uh, in little time, the things that are hindering you will become clear. Uh, on the same note, the things that are improving your life will be highlighted. And this allows you to remove the negative and increase the positive. I know in the health episode, you talked about how at one point you were looking back at your journal and you had cut some people out of your life. Yeah. Um, that were, that were harming you. Yeah. It was just like, it was constant, uh, low level toxicity. Mm-hmm. Not just that, but doing the things that you're doing. Um, you know, I journal on a fairly regular basis and I've noticed that, oh, hey, I'm going out two or three times a week. Uh, one, that's costing money, but I'm also, you know, I'm having a beer or two every time I go out, which is not healthy. And it burns a lot of time, too. Yeah. And then I I, I don't feel as good in the morning. Um, now, that's another thing I've noticed since I've been on this six-week challenge. I haven't been drinking. Yeah. And so I've noticed that I feel so much better and get, like, I'm getting up earlier, still staying up as late, but just waking up 
about 30 minutes earlier and getting up and getting going. I don't wake up and go, just drag. And keeping that journal has helped me realize, hey, this is, you know, this is because eating healthier, exercising, and not doing the negative things. Well, that, you know, that's the thing I discovered why I cut those people out because I kind of wrote down like who I was interacting with because I felt like crap. Yeah. And then I started noticing, hey, every time I interact with these people, I feel like garbage the next two days. And when I cut them out, I didn't. <laughs> and, you know, that was that. Yeah. It's, it's amazing how you can notice these things in your life just by journaling and it can help you better your yourself and grow as a person and as a developer. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're pattern matching machines, but you have to have the pattern fed in to be able to mm -hmm. see it. And, and journaling helps you track that pattern. Right. Decision-making ability also improves with regular journaling. You'll be able to easily see the results of past decisions, whether they're good or bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, this also allows you to plan out what to do in your journal by looking at the results of past decisions. If you have something coming up, you know, I need to make a decision about this. You're able to go, all right, let me look at what I've done in the past and the results from that and let that guide you in making a new decision. And this way you can think it out and work it out in your journal before you actually have to make the decision. Yeah, and that, that will help you keep um, from repeating the same mistakes over and over again. If you, if you take notes about like, upsides, downsides, and things you've observed, and then what your results were correlated to that, you'll start to see patterns and things that you go back to and you repeat that really are not beneficial. And this will also help you from making the same mistakes over and over again. Next, it helps you with achieving goals. By writing down your goals, you're adding significance to them. You know, the more detailed the goal, the stronger the psychological blueprint for achieving it. Yeah, and if you flag something as important, you'll start to notice opportunities for achieving it that you wouldn't otherwise. It's, you know, like there's the old saying that if um, if something's important to you, you'll find time for it. That's somewhat true, but the other part of that is is that you'll also have your attention on the thing where you can find the opportunities. Research done by Dr. Gail Matthews found that writing things down makes you more likely to achieve them. Uh, specifically, you're 42% more likely to achieve goals by writing them down. And she also found that participants in her study were 70% more likely to achieve their goals if they sent weekly updates to someone. Right. That's why I have a mastermind group. Yeah. Is for that reason right there. That's why we talk about what's going on in our lives and the things that we're doing um, every week on here. And every year we set our goals for the year. Yep. Uh, and talk about them with you guys because one, that helps us be accountable and we don't want to disappoint ourselves, but we don't want to disappoint our listeners. I will be honest. I've had a couple of people come up to me, uh, even at the conference and, you know, talk about the goals and ask me how I was on one thing or another. Like I, I believe I had talked about the challenge I'm on in like one of the most recent episodes and I had a couple of people ask me how how it was going and if I was seeing results and stuff. And so to me, that is a great motivator because I'm very people oriented and having other people come up to me and ask me about that is going to motivate me to want to do more. Yeah. And whereas I'm, that's the carrot for you. Whereas I tend to be more of the stick. It's like, they're going to think I'm a you know complete you know schmuck if I don't <laughs> achieve this goal. <laughs> so like, I totally use that that facet of my psychology. Yeah. And, and this is what it's all about. It's about using what you know about yourself and journaling can help you learn that about you. You, you can see, Hey, I achieved this goal by giving myself this reward or by avoiding this negative. Um, and then you can use that in the future to achieve goals. You can also keep track of the details of what you want to do. Um, you know, we talked about smart goals like lots. <laughs> There's been like four or five episodes where this has come up mm -hmm. at different points, but you want goals that you can actually track um, and you can break your, your goals down into individual tasks, you know, and kind of timeline it and do a little bit of project planning there so that you can actually achieve these things. So you're not just running loose. You're going on a, on a path. Right. I mean, I look at each week and go, what am I going to accomplish this week? 
And then I break it down each day and go, all right, what am I doing today moving towards what I want to accomplish this week? Looking back at where you were and then where you are now helps you see if what you're doing is going towards or away from your goals. Because you may be doing something that you think is positive. And you and I have had this conversation recently about a lot of the stuff that we're doing. Specifically, if you don't mind me saying it, speaking for you yeah, has become a thing that you're like, it's not really a drive and it's not leading you towards your goals. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. Um, but the thing is, is I'm, I'm looking at it going for that amount of time. Does this move the needle enough to adjust you know, to mm-hmm. to justify it versus something else? And the something else is thus far in many cases one. Whereas with me. I am doing more speaking and it's moving me towards the goals that I want to go to. Right. And and we have similar goals. We want to be in the same places, but maybe in different situations. Yeah. And so I'm looking at it and this is something that we've talked about recently, um, just looking back at our own stuff and going, hey, you know, like I, I think I said to him, like, I need to stop pushing you to do speaking because at one point you asked me to. Yeah. And now you're kind of giving some pushback and you're like, this isn't going the direction I want to go. And it is going the direction I want to go. So I'm all excited and pushing you and like trying to drag you along with me. Um, and so that those conversations can come from this with us working together, but also on your own where you go, hey, you know, like you enjoyed speaking, but you're like, you know, I, it's not moving me in the direction I want to go. Well, and, you know, we had that conversation right after I wrote my monthly journal entry. Like the same day, um, you know, looking back at previous months, that's why that conversation happened, or it's a lot of why yeah. that stuff was front of mind. And speaking of front of mind, journaling will improve your memory. It helps commit details. You get better about storing information by writing it down, partially because you're not actually storing it all in your head. You're, you're storing a reference to that location. You know it's in your journal, so you don't have to remember it all and get it perfect because it's down. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk in just a moment about how we store information in our brains. But um, this is similar to the way that taking notes in school helps to recall the information. Like, I, especially in medical school, because I didn't, I didn't have to learn how to study until I got to medical school. That's where, yeah. like, the the level of me being able to just coast went right. away. And so I would go and outline the chapters in the book we were reading, uh, create note cards and review those. And it's interesting by going through the, the chapter and writing down the important things, uh, because if I tried to highlight it, yeah, undergrad, it well, no, like it wouldn't stick, but undergrad textbooks have a lot of fluff in them. And like, like each paragraph might have one or two little bit of details. Medical textbooks it's are all. all important. And so by outlining it, I was able to go, all right, this is all important information, but let me put it into a format that's just easy to quickly skim. Yeah. And by doing that, it helped me remember it. On that, information starts in your short-term memory and then gets transferred to your long-term memory. It's sort of like going from your RAM to your hard disk. Yeah. Your short-term memory holds information in sort of small chunks, typically seven plus or minus two. Yeah, you can almost think of that as like remembering a phone number, right? Back in the day, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that's that's why phone numbers are divided up the way they are. Yeah. However, this decays quickly. Long-term memory is limitless and remains as long as it's needed. It's there. The trick is accessing it. The more the information is repeated or used, the more likely it is to get transferred to long-term memory. This is why they say when meeting people, you should. You know, shake their hand and repeat their name and then use it in conversation. That'll help you remember it later because yep. it, the more you use it, you it, it eventually triggers and goes, all right, this gets stored. Yeah. And I, I'm trying to get better about doing that because I think the only, I think honestly, the only reason I remember my own name is because people yell it at me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just not real good at remembering names. And so that's, well, that's a I, trick I've been trying to work on. I'm great with faces. Like I, yeah. can, I can put your face with all the details about you except your name. Yeah. And you and I had a back and forth about two or three people at the conference that we met 
on their names and never could figure out what they were. Well, like <laughs> half the time, like half the time I was right and half the time you were right. It was just like, it, it was, it's not that either one of us is better at remembering names. It's just, we're just both terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, the thing is, it's easier to store information related to other memories. This is why people, they smell something and it reminds them of things is because there's multiple associations. Right. Um, and on that, you recall information easier by having more connections to that information. So the more ways that you're reaching out. So if you think of each bit of information as a node in a network, the more connections to that node, the easier it is to get to it. Right. Um, it's not a matter of having the information there. It's about the connections. Journaling provides a tactile and visual experience that adds connections to the information that you have. So it's another way of connecting to that information so that it's easier to access it. Journaling also improves your ability to communicate. Uh, it's a, you know, it's obviously a form of written communication. It's just communication with your future self. But, you know, blogging can also be a way to keep a public journal. In fact, there's a lot of people that do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't do that, but uh, it sounds intriguing until you start realizing just like how stream of consciousness any journaling I do actually is. Yeah. Like, they, you, you know, I don't want to uh, go forward and sound like Ambrose Bierce. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's just not really how I want to publicly present myself. <laughs> I, uh, I tend to outline my blogs when I, when I write them and my stream goes as it's coming out. I, I jump back and forth. Like you've seen me writing an episode. Yeah. And I do outlines that way for here. Yeah. And I'll, I'll have, I'll have all the major points. Like I, I start with the major points and then I'll start putting in sub points as I think of them and then details as I come along. So like last night I was working on this outline and I think I, I had, I was working on the second half of it, the improved productivity and like point six had all the, the, the minor points, but there was like one and a two that was empty and then one, two and a three that was empty. And then you go down and the next one is all filled out. And then one that only has the major points and then one that has some minor points and just like, it's, it's all over the place. Cause as I think of it, and I'm like, oh, this, I'm thinking about something and something else comes up and I realize, all right, that doesn't go with this, but it goes with this and I'll move it down there. But I also use the, uh, the alt up down. Yeah. So I'll, I'll be moving things all over the place. Like the way my outlines start is never the way they finish. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> it's kind of the same here. I just, I'm not comfortable enough taking that to the level of blogging. Yeah. Um, I guess it is where that. That kind of comes from my approach to outlining is very much a drunkard's walk. <laughs> you know, it's like you stumble into something and lean on it for a while, then you fall over into something else. And yeah, uh, on that, putting your thoughts on paper can help you organize and articulate them. You can start with a stream of consciousness or with a pattern that you follow. Like I like to follow an outline pattern. You like just the stream of consciousness. Yeah. And then I clean it up. Yeah. I like to clean as I write. And then go back and, and do minor adjustments. So that drives me crazy. Cause like I'm going, like if I'm doing the stream of consciousness thing, I'm, I'm, I'm outputting content just shy of the speed that I'm thinking of it. Like I'm, I'm not even able to keep up. And so I'm, I'm thinking, man, if I was organizing this as I was going, I would lose half of it. <laughs> yeah. See, it actually helps me because it, it keeps me focused because I bounce all over the place. I haven't noticed. Could you imagine? trying to organize my stream of consciousness if I didn't organize it as it came out. I can imagine it. Um, I am pretty sure there's some UN conventions against deploying it against civilians. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's that bad. And that's why I, I incorporate a structure because it would, it would take me twice as long if I just got everything out and then organized it, it would take twice as long Yeah, for me because I would be like reading and like, Oh, Hey, this is, not even related to what I'm talking about. And I've got like, you know, a half a page talking about, you know, toenail clippings. I don't know. (laughs) So what concerns me is that that's the example you use. So that means that that was actually something you have a half a page on. And I'm going to find it in one of these outlines one day and be like, what's this? (laughs) 
it's just going to be some random .txt file out there. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it's not that we don't have any others like that. <laughs> By following a pattern in the writing, you're better able to influence the way you think. And this is why I do it. Um, when I first started doing Scrum, I would write down my daily tasks as done doing impedes because that's what I had to do at our stand-up. It was just easier to have it in that format. I go into the stand-up and I go, done, read off the list. Doing, read off the list. Impedes, if there are any, read off the list. And that's it. And it, it made the process faster. What ended up happening is doing that every day for years, now I think that way. Yeah. Also, the process of articulating your thoughts over time helps communicate your ideas. Uh, you'll have better understanding of how you think. And we just had a really long conversation on here about the difference between the way Will thinks and the way I think. Right. Um, and how I have to organize my thoughts as they're coming out, because otherwise they'd be all over the place. And that process and putting them into a pattern helps me focus. Right. Whereas, Whereas I, have, I, have a, I have a buffer storage problem yeah. <laughs> that I have to overcome. That's just like all comes out and then I'm sitting there. So I, I have to, I have to uh, deal with that in a different way than you do. Right. So. And this is what journaling helps you do is understand how to do that and allow you to express your thoughts in a clear, understandable manner so that when you are communicating with someone or I am communicating with someone, you know, we have different styles and, you know, we're, we're talking about things. And so uh, one thing that our QA was, was joking about, she took a class and they had a, a thing on the, well, it works on my machine joke. Yeah. And she's like, she's like, well, with us, it's, well, it works in dev. And I, I pointed out, I said, yeah, but that's not an excuse for not looking into it as the it works on my machine. That's a all right, I know it's not a problem with I know the it's code. a configuration issue. Right. Yeah, that's that is that is a debugging process. And you're you're hearing my thought process as I go along when I say that. And she's like, Yeah, we we it started a conversation which was really good, but it's interesting because you probably wouldn't have said that. Right, because I well, I know how you think, and I also know that you're a bit of a smart aleck, and you would say, "Well, it worked when I tested it in production." Yeah, <laughs> just just to watch my face go pale. <laughs> so you know, That's so I don't, true. I'm not lining that one up for you. <laughs> um, the other thing that journaling does is it allows you to practice how you're going to express your thoughts and ideas before interacting with people. Yeah. And this is, this is, goes back to the whole scrum thing, the, the done doing impedes. I'll write things down and it may be something like, you know, my impediment is that the, the DBA messed up. Right. Um, in moving something from one environment to the other. Well, I'll write it down and I'll look at it and go, Oh, that is really rude. Let yeah. me, let me think of a better way to word that so that I'm not being insulting, but I'm pointing out where the problem is. Right. And then I'll send that. As a hangouts message to Will. <laughs> well, there is that. <laughs> and finally, under personal growth, journaling helps to inspire creativity. Julia Cameron states that everyone is an artist. Yeah, the problem isn't that, that you aren't creative. It's actually reaching that creativity. Mm -hmm. um, it goes back to like the way we store memory. It's access. Is yeah. The problem. It's there. It's access to it. And the more you access it, the easier it is to do. Also, to what we were just talking about, which is the way that we express ourselves is different. Right. And understanding how you express yourself can help you understand how to be creative. Yeah. And, and you know, we have people ask us all the time, how do you keep coming up with material for the podcast? And, like, if we look at our Kanban board, we have enough for, like, three years right now like jammed in there like that is no longer the problem because we've had to focus on creativity so much that now it's just there we're you know we're swimming in ideas i would say probably about a year and a half in after doing this every week and coming up coming up with a topic every other week because we we switch off who writes them but coming up with a topic every other week we just started recognizing hey this would make a great topic i will be at work working on something and go hey you know we should talk about this or somebody would ask a question. I'm like, that's a great question. We should make an episode about it. Yeah. And I've got, I've even got a workflow for that. 
Mm -hmm. Um, So I can hit control shift space and Nosby will pop up and I can say, okay, here's the thing space, you know, pound complete dev podcast. And it goes into that bucket. And so next time I'm triaging my task list, I go, okay, that's a, that's an episode idea. Put it on the board. Mm -hmm. And I keep the Kanban flow on my phone so that no matter where I am, like I'll be out eating dinner with a friend of ours. That's not even a developer. You know, he'll be talking about, you know, he just got his boat up and running. Now I know who you're talking about. Yeah. And and he'll be talking about going fishing and say something that'll trigger. And I'm like, ooh, I got an episode idea out of that. It's amazing. Just the, the random things. And so I'll have it right there and I can just put it down. Yeah. Creativity is not something you build or that you have or don't have. It's something you access that right. you that is your birthright. So will style stream of consciousness journaling is one of the best ways to get the creative juices flowing. When we were in college, there used to be a writer's night and um, the guy that ran it knew that I wrote poetry and asked me to write a poem specifically for writer's night. And I had the worst writer's block. I could not think of a thing to write. So you know what I did? I wrote a poem about writer's block. Yep. <laughs> Will remembers that one. <laughs> and it worked. It, it did. It did. I, I got a lot of applause. People really liked it. And I think it got published um, somewhere. So, you know, it's, it's one of those it's things. Bad. You've done so much creative stuff that you're like, yeah, that was published. I, I don't know. Some, yeah, I don't know where that went. <laughs> it's well, out there. I can't remember if it was a school publication or if it was something like a contest I submitted it to. Because yeah. like back, back then I used to submit poetry to different contests and things have been published in a few different places. But this brings out the ideas that you have within and kind of loosens you up uh, and gets you going. Uh, when I was in drama, uh, we used to do improv. And one of the things we would do to get ready for that was, I, I remember this, we would do this thing where we laid out and like you put your head on someone else's feet. No, like not like you lay on your back and you head on your feet. And so you, you're looking straight up. You don't see each other. And then you tell a story and someone would start it. Like usually the instructor or, or teacher would start the story and she would say like a phrase or something. And then you would go and each person would say a word and then would come back to her and she would like continue around and just sort of, it was just like whatever came to you, you said, and it just got the creative juices flowing so that when the improv stuff happened you know you were already in the zone and you smelled like an artist from having your head on someone's feet <laughs> well <laughs> you know and along those lines creativity in one area can lead to creativity in other areas you should have hobbies outside of technology to better understand your work in technology will and i both have these though Unfortunately, we don't get to do them as much lately as, as we would like, but you know, I've got my motorcycle and I like to go hiking and stuff. Yeah, and I've got my weights. Yeah. I, That's... I've been getting to the gym more often lately. I'm getting back into it. I found I really do not like exercising, but I really like the results of exercising. Yeah. Like my sister and I had this conversation cause she's a runner and she's like, yeah, I get out. And you know, after about the first 10 or 15 minutes running, I just, yeah, you know, I get this in the zone and I get this like runner's high and I'm, I'm great. I'm like, yeah, I don't get that. I, I could run for an hour. I've done half marathons back when I was in a lot better shape. And you know, it wasn't until after I stopped about 30 minutes after I stopped, then I get the yeah. euphoria. And that's so my, that's been my experience with running as well. Um, and I, that's why I don't do it. Well, it's, it, it's that for any type of exercise with me. And so it takes a lot of mental effort for me to exercise. Yeah. Now I will get the, uh, it's not a runner's high, obviously, cause you're not running, but like doing kettlebell swings and stuff like that. That's fine. I think the thing with running is, is there's so many hills here. There's too many. Like if I think if I was living in Kansas and running, mm -hmm. I might have a different perception of it. Now yeah. it's like, okay, we're at the same latitude as Turkey. It's hot. It's not flat. There's dogs and hornets and snakes and cars and, you know, like, this is just not my jam at all. Yeah. And, you know, I, like I said, I, I, even with kettlebells, I just, I don't get that euphoria until about 30 minutes after using different areas of your brain or just relaxing can inspire great ideas. I mentioned working on that advanced search feature. Well, I was working on it the first day and I had a, had an idea 
put it all in the repository. I built it up and I made the mistake of doing like a full search and then trying to test it. What I should have done was just a few criteria and see if that even worked. Yeah. But I tested it and it didn't work and it just did not make any sense to me. And it was because I was, I was doing the not equal null. So I was saying, all right, does the criteria not equal null and it meet this criteria? What I had to do was eventually change it to where does it equal null or does it meet this criteria so that it, if the criteria was null, it said, oh, true, move on to the next one. So it, it just sort of, it was a backwards way of thinking from what I was used to. And so then I was like, all right, I, I need a break. I went and walked the dog, took a shower, just sort of not thinking about it. And then like it hit me while I was drying off after taking a shower. Hey, let me try something. <laughs> yep. So another benefit is, you know, is improved productivity. And, you know, this is something I've noticed a lot is my journaling helps me keep track of ideas. You know, I was, I was talking to someone about a, you know, business idea and they're like, Oh, this other company's done this. And it was, you know, like 10 bucks a month or something. Like, well, you know, you can't produce this software and, and, you know, beat an entrenched player at that price point. And, you know, I was, I was all bummed out about it. And then I'm like looking back through my notebook and I'm like, there's like another 50 ideas in here. Like, I don't even care. Yeah. Um, it really will help you keep track of stuff in such a way that you don't have to go to a bunch of effort to re-retrieve it from memory. Mm-hmm. And keeping a daily list of what you've done and are planning to do helps you know what you've accomplished. Um, we've already talked about how I like to keep a daily note of my scrum, my doing done and impedes. This can also help if you have to send in periodic, like weekly or quarterly reports to management. You can also measure and track what is important with your journal. So, Use a work journal to track ideas that come to you while in meetings or even while coding. This can be useful as we tend to forget things if we don't act on them immediately. Right. And if you're trying to do something else, you want to get that out of your head and get back to what you were doing. Like in the health episode, I think we talked about some of the ideas that you and I have both had that we didn't act on and forgot about. And then we saw someone else had done them. We're like, man, I had that idea 10 years ago. Yeah. I could have beaten them to market and not be working now. Right. It also provides a place for storing your ideas until you can get to them later. Just like what you said, you had that idea, you found out, oh, this isn't, you know, viable, but then you go back and look and you're like, oh, I've got like 50 other ideas because you've got a place to store them. Yeah. And I I think there's a tremendous value in getting over a scarcity mindset with, Mm -hmm. you know, creative outlets. Yeah. And you can do that by regularly reviewing your ideas this will help you better discern the good ones from the bad ones. You know, by going over your ideas, you'll get an understanding of the mindset that you were in when you wrote them down. And yeah. you may find, oh, hey, I tend to have really productive, useful ideas five o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Like every day at five o'clock, I, I write, I have some ideas that I write down. And so you may be able to take that information and go, all right, I'm going to set myself up to be at my most creative around that time to get the best out of that. Yeah. In other words, you keep your schedule clear right. around then. And you really do only know that by actually recording things. Mm-hmm. Uh, journaling will also help with your problem solving. It eases the decision-making process because you're able to keep a record of previous decisions and their consequences. And this helps you know what has and has not worked in the past. And I think we've talked about this a little bit already in this episode where you can go back and look at what you've done and what you've tried and what did or did not work. So when you need to make a decision, then you're like, oh, this is similar to this thing that I dealt with two weeks ago. Let me go back and look and see what I did that worked then. Yeah. And apply that now. Well, it's like looking at old code. Right. It's just code for life. Mm -hmm. You can also write down ideas about things that might come up and think through potential situations. So this is sort of um, like coding for the potential uh, problems that you might have. Um, It's meta coding. Yeah. It's like um, test driven development, basically where you're looking at it and going, all right, what possible inputs could a user have and how am I going to deal with them? So like if management decides that they're going to go with something else, you know, you, and you're thinking about that, then that's when you write the answers down. Mm-hmm. And so when they do it, you go, oh, I was thinking about that earlier. Here's what we'll do. And if you're sitting in a meeting with your notebook open, when you have that conversation and you flip back and you go, well, here's what we could do. 
then you look like you're more intelligent than you actually are because <laughs> you've you already thought about that. You're ahead of the rest of the crew who's trying to remember what they were thinking. Yeah, and who are trying to keep up with what's going on. Right. Um, it also offers new perspectives and helps to prevent self-delusion. A regular journal will point out areas where you're stalling progress. Yeah. I mean, I can look back through my old journals um, just since we started the podcast, and there's some recurring threads that you can see for a very, very long time in there. I'm actually talking about the people that I, I cut off, <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm, you know, like looking back on it now, it's very obvious, but that would have been harder to, to note without the mm -hmm. journal. And along the same lines, it brings to light areas where you are procrastinating. You know, it's harder to make excuses when you're tracking your progress regularly. Yeah. Like, you know, going, oh, I need to get a business license for this podcast thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oops. And and finally, it allows you to see where you're spending your time and effort. Like with the speaking, you realized I'm spending a lot of time putting together these proposals and these talks for very little return. Yeah. Whereas with me, I was spending time putting them together and the return is a step towards the direction I want to go. Right. And it's not for me. Right. And, and so it was one of those things that we had that conversation based on the information that we had because we kept track of it. Writing down your problems and the solutions makes it easier to solve similar problems. We kind of already hit on this, but like with decisions, you're able to track the problems and the solutions that did or did not work. Yeah. So this is this is very similar to what we talked about with the making decisions. But when you come up with a problem, when you hit a wall. Yeah. And I've found that this is uh, particularly useful for me um, with interpersonal interactions mm -hmm. with certain people. Like I kind of have, uh, you know, I kind of have a spreadsheet of that stuff. Like, yeah. okay, I approached this person in this way. Here's what happened. Because then, you know, next time, okay, I've got to have a hard conversation with this, this individual. What does that look like? You know, what kind of strategies have I already tried and which ones actually worked? Right. Because you won't remember that as well as you think. Mm -hmm. You'll be able to maximize your time and efficiency by journaling. Tracking your daily or weekly tasks and goals makes creating summaries and reports easier. We, we kind of briefly hit on this earlier, but you can review your journal when you're creating your reports that go to management. I have to put in a weekly report on Fridays. Friday morning, I actually have a task set that reminds me at 9 o'clock on Friday morning, because it's due by 10. Write your status report. Yep. And so I'll just go back through my work notebook and go, all right, these are the things I worked on. Create my report out of that and send it in. It takes me like five, 10 minutes because I've got all the details right there. I just have to go back and read them and type them up. Yeah. And I do the same thing with my time tracking for kind of the same purpose. Mm -hmm. um, I'm using it as sort of a ancillary log of what I'm doing. It's also a good way to look back at the work you've done during a sprint, and it helps you understand how much effort you're able to put into future sprints. So, I mean, we're, we're talking Scrum here, but um, let's say you worked on something and it was a lot harder than you thought. And this has happened to us where we built something and it just took longer than we expected. Uh, QA uh, and I have talked and it was like, hey, that was... That was definitely not a five. That was like an eight or a 13 effort yeah. points. And we just like, we knew going forward. And so because we tracked that going into our next refinement, we were able to say, hey, that's very similar to the story that turned out being a lot harder than we thought. So let's make it an eight. Yeah. You know, instead of a five. Well, and that's the point of that efforting, you know, in that process is so that you do record that at, at the team level. But mm -hmm. at the individual level, it's also useful too, because- mm -hmm. You don't want to know how long it's going to take the senior developer to do that if you're a junior. Like, it's not relevant. You can also use your work journal to assist in creating documentation for your code. It has a record of the problems that you faced and the solutions that you found. Your journal will also have your thought processes when creating the code that you're documenting. So when you're going back and you're writing that documentation, it makes it easier to already have that information there. Right. And I know people that, that like to do that in the comments of their code. My main problem with doing that is that comments tend to get moved around and deleted as the code changes versus the, you know, the intent of the code doesn't change necessarily. But the if, if something is going with that payload, it gets altered. And I don't I don't overly like that. And something we mentioned earlier in the 
personal growth is that journaling helps improve your memory retention and recall. This will save time when you're looking things up and also makes creating that documentation easier as you'll already have a record of why you did something. Finally, under maximizing time and efficiency, you'll be able to compare your time estimates with your actual time on a task. You know, we, we mentioned efforting, but this is more your physical time. So the way we do it at work is we effort the story and then each individual task gets a time. Right. So like, you know, this is going to take an hour. This is going to take five hours, that kind of thing. And so we as humans are terrible at estimations, especially when it comes to our time. Tracking tasks and how long it took to complete them helps provide insight into how to estimate similar tasks. So if it's like with me, uh, we're creating a new form. Well, I have to create a table in the database, create my view model, my data model, and my mappings. It's two different tasks, but like those three things there in the API I do in one task. Because what I found was it takes me about an hour to do all three of those, and they're all three related. Yeah, so you can't just like split that up. Yeah, whereas other things may take shorter or longer. The last benefit that we have is that it improves team interactions. Yeah, we touched on this um, earlier, but like keeping a record of ideas and solutions as well as interactions can help prevent argument. That, that by the way, is why a lot of us prefer email for certain kinds of interactions, even if the person is sitting right there. If it's an email, it's clear and it's stored. That, that's why that tends to be a thing. It's a it's a way for people to get the benefit of journaling without directly journaling mm-hmm. as far as, you know, air quotes. Yeah. You'll be able to show what was said or agreed upon. You'll also be able to point out what was not agreed upon. And this comes in really handy if you don't have the best acceptance criteria. Yeah, or any. So if, you know, we, we've had this at work where we've had to say, you know, it's not in the acceptance criteria. We can create a story to do that. If that's what, you know, the product owner and the business side want, but that's not what they asked for. So we didn't build it in. Yeah. And that keeps, that also has a nice uh, side effect of keeping the wrong people from driving the process. Like Mm -hmm. developers, QA, DBAs, um, they have a role, but they don't have a role of trying to drag the rest of the team to make the thing the way they want it. Um, And this kind of keeps that down a little bit. Yeah, it, it, it really does. And, on those lines, writing down your frustrations privately helps prevent outbursts. Yeah. You don't bite somebody's head off. Mm-hmm. Working through your problems on paper will help you get the emotions out before you actually confront other people and talk to them about things. Emotional honesty increases as you become more self-aware from tracking your thoughts and feelings. And it also helps with identifying toxic people in your work environment uh, so that you can deal with them, avoid them whatever uh, we, you know, we touched on that. I had to cut some people loose out of my life. Just go, you know, it's like, you're not, you're not involved anymore. Now, the thing is someone that's toxic for you may not be toxic for everyone. Yeah. And in that case, you may need to change to another team or not work as directly with that person. Yeah. I mean, there's, here's the thing, you know, there's a, there's a thing. I think it's probably from medicine that the dose determines the poison. Yeah. You know, like water is poisonous if you get enough of it. Well, like you drown in it, for instance, but you can drink too much too. The the first thing they taught us in um, our pharmacology class was that all medicine is poison. It's just a matter of dose. And people will do that. I know some really nice people that I would say are, it's very toxic for me to be around them. And it's not me being toxic or them being toxic. It's, there's a clash of personality types. It tends to be people that are really loud, interruptive, and just, they're, they're just so extra that I can't deal with them. Like to, to, to use a, I guess that's a millennial phrasing, <laughs> but you know, like I, there's a certain point there. I just cannot deal with certain personality types and it has nothing to do with them being good or bad. Yeah. Those interactions are just so odd for you that you can't even. I see what you did there. <laughs> You're becoming one of those people. You know? <laughs> Uh, but we've both seen this and we've both dealt with this in work environments. Yeah. And I remember when I was working at the psychiatric hospital, we had one patient that for some reason I triggered her to act out. Um, just like seeing me trigger that. So I went to our manager and said, Hey, you know, while this person is here, can I work on the other unit? Right. Because 
they're not getting better. Yeah, they're not getting better. And it just, it would make the work environment better for everyone. I actually had a bit of a confrontation with one of the nurses because I would not come over to deal with a, a problem that that patient was causing, like an outburst. So I'm like, all I'm going to do is exacerbate the problem. Right. We had to actually sit down with management and man- the manager was like, yeah, I, we talked about this the first day that the patient was there, acted out every time she saw him. So I, I must have like reminded her of someone or something. And so they put me on the other unit and I was told to avoid going over there. Yeah. And that's just, it, it happens. Mm-hmm. Guys, keeping a daily work journal will allow you to keep track of your thoughts and ideas at work. You'll be better able to put the pieces of your thoughts and feelings together and understand yourself, your coworkers, and the problems that you face at work. If you aren't doing so already, we've given plenty of reasons here why you should start journaling. If anything, it's a great way to go back and review where you were and how far you've come along. Coming up in a few weeks, we'll have an episode on how to get started with journaling. In it, we'll discuss the steps that you can take to start journaling now, along with some tips and tricks to get the most out of your journals. That pretty much wraps us up. Before we close everything out, Will, what do you have for us this week for Tricks of the Trade? Well, I just want to point something out um, about goals. It's really easy to fall into a trap of setting goals that other people control. And what I mean by this is stuff like, um, you know, we have the email list for the podcast, right? And we have, you know, we have a certain number of subscribers. And let's say that my goal that I was setting was to increase the number of subscribers by 10%. I really don't have control over that. What I can do is say, okay, I'm going to, you know, create some sort of value add for the list, or I'm going to get signups set up in in different places. I can't control how many people actually sign up for the list. It's sort of like the um, test-driven development idea that I want a falsifiable premise that can actually be tested and under control. Uh, You kind of have to do this with your own goals. And I just want to point that out again. Um, I think we probably have at some point in the past, but it's extremely valuable to have a goal that you actually can control the execution of rather than one that you can't. And that's pretty much all I got. Stand by for Titanfall. If you have a question or comment, please email us at neckbeards at completedeveloperpodcast.com. Our theme music is an excerpt from Stand By for Titanfall by Pure Bells, available on SoundCloud and licensed through Creative Commons. The intro music for IOTs is Hillbilly Hip Hop by Jason Belcher. For references, show notes, and to sign up for weekly emails with extra tips and insights, be sure to check out the website at completedeveloperpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at CompleteDevPod and like our page on Facebook to keep up with news about the show. Catch us each week as we broadcast live, talking about what's going on in the tech world and answering listener questions. Learn more about all of our shows and groups by going to CompleteDevelopernetwork.com where you'll find links to Junior Developer Toolbox, Developer Launchpad, and our other communities. Thanks for listening. See you next time.